Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 45, and I'm interviewing the founder of FemX Quarters, the co-working space here in San Diego, Jesse Medina. Jesse has an incredible story, and in this episode, we really get into how she started FemX, some of the hurdles that she overcame in that process, and also about her identity as a Latina business owner and how important inclusivity and diversity is in entrepreneurship. We had a really great conversation, so I hope you enjoy the episode and don't forget to throw her a follow at FemX Quarters and at Jesse Medina Official. If you love this episode, screenshot it, share it to your stories, tell your friends, and I'd love to hear what you think about it, of course, with a nice review. So if you get around to that, that would be great too. Enjoy the episode. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media-minded entrepreneurs, and you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have Jesse Medina, founder of FemX Quarters, the co-working space here in San Diego with us, among other things, as we're learning. She is a woman of all trades and she is fascinating to talk to. So I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Woohoo. We just finished 30 minutes on Instagram. So go watch that first if you haven't yet. But if people don't know you yet, can you tell us who you are and how you got started? Yes, so I'm Jesse Medina. I'm the founder of Femex Quarters and just a Femex brand. And you didn't always know, like you didn't grow up being like, someday I'm going to own a co-working space. No. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your work background. I have to tell you this story, though, since you asked that question specifically. I remembered once I had opened my co-working space, I remember that when I was in college for a class, we had to create a business, a fake business. And we had created something that was like what we now know as a co-working space. We had created a lounge. We called it a lounge. The name was going to be The Place. And it was a place where like there would be a coffee shop and people could go there on their computers. And this was like 15 years ago or something, right? Like, or maybe not that. I'm not that old. Maybe it's like 10 years ago or something. But, you know, we didn't know what a co-working space was at the time. So I remember that I had that epiphany one day because I was going through old college papers and I saw the business plan and I told my fiance, I'm like, wait, maybe I was destined to do this. (laughs) I didn't even know. Um, But yeah, no, at the time I had no, uh, you know, any idea that I was going to create that. I actually moved to San Diego, quit my corporate job, moved to San Diego. I wanted to start my own business. And at the time I started doing just branding, um, getting some clients. And, you know, I was at a co-working space and I just wasn't meeting people and I didn't know anyone here. And I wasn't meeting my people. Like people were nice. You know, the guys would wave and like engineer guys, like people that I just didn't really like. I wanted to meet creatives and women and um, Latinas, you know. And so my mama and I started hosting these events for Latinas, empowerment events where I, I was actually making friends and meeting people and always looking for a space to host my events. And then I was at this co-working space, always hoping that I would have a better co-working space where I could actually make friends. And one day it just clicked like, OK, I'm going to just create it. Right. I'm going to create we call I called it on the business plan, a creative hub that offers, you know, events and it offers co-working and offers a production space. Because as a modern entrepreneur, I always needed to create content, too. 
And so I wanted all the things that I needed as an entrepreneur that I couldn't find. And then, you know, I wanted it to be modern. I wanted it to be, uh, you know, really beautiful and appealing and feminine. I wanted to host women's circles. I wanted to host things that were good, right? For like conscious entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, we care about the environment. We care about people. We care about social justice. So I wanted a place that was kind of like the new concept of a co-working space. And one day I was like, well, I better create it because it's not out there yet. <laughs> and I just naively, and I think sometimes naivety is good because when you sometimes, if you start looking too much into things and looking at the facts and looking at what people are telling you and what you need, you get analysis paralysis, right? If I wasn't as naive at the time, I wouldn't have done it because everybody was telling me you can't do it. You don't have the money. You don't have the connections. But I was naive and I was hopeful and I was, I've always been a dreamer. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And I made it happen. It took me a year from the time that I wrote the business plan to the time that I actually opened my space, but it happened. And you know, here we are. Here you are. Oh my goodness. I love this whole story. And you actually sparked something that I want to circle back to, which is women in business are very different than men in business. And I'm lucky in that I'm a fourth generation female entrepreneur in my family. There are like female business owners up to my great grandmother and now my sister, my mom, my aunt, my grandma, like all over and all women like business owners. So I had great role models in that space for sure, without a doubt. But I think it's really interesting in seeing the difference between like male clients and female clients or male entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs and the way that they create business relationships. And I think you really hit the nail on the head of like, when you get a group of women together, they're kind of operating on on a different like code of conduct almost. Yeah, yeah. Like there's kind of this sisterhood in being a business owner and people want to support, like, yes, they want to pay money for your products and services, but then there's so much more beyond that. How do you describe that to someone that maybe hasn't experienced that yet? It's totally different. In fact, that was one of the inspirations, right? Because I would go to networking events when I was in San Diego thinking like, I need to make friends. I need to meet people. And I would genuinely like tell people, especially guys, because that's who I met mostly uh, at these events. I would be like, hey, let's grab a coffee sometime, you know, and like I genuinely just wanted to meet and connect. And, you know, a lot of the people were either like, what are you trying to sell me or why can I sell you or just like, oh, do you want to go on a date? Like that was the mentality. It was never like, oh, she genuinely just wants to grab coffee with me. And then when we started hosting events and I started meeting new women and going to their events, like, you know, it is different. We really do genuinely say, let's go grab coffee. And that means like, let's go grab coffee and let's connect, you know, and and I want to support you. And um, another example of how badass women can be is, you know, I when I started out, you know, I had a hard time with co- contractors and I had ideas that some people were like, no, you can't do this and that. So there was one thing that I wanted to do that all the electricians were like, all the guys were like, no, you can't do it. And then if I insisted, they'd, they'd kind of like imply like, oh, you're a woman, so you don't get it. Like you don't understand why you, it can't be done. Um, well, long story short, a couple months ago, I meet this uh, black woman who's an electrician, and it, within a week, I had what I wanted. Like Amazing. I told her what I wanted. Amazing. She understood the vision, and she's like, "I'll see how I can make it happen for you." Right? So I think we are, and like women, we are so resourceful, and we just, you know, not to say that men aren't, but we do approach things differently. And I think now, especially women, we are really coming together and understanding that, you know, we need the tribe. And I read a. I read a study somewhere recently where it said that men to be happy, like they did a study and and they interviewed men and women when they were older 
And they found out that for men to be more happy, they needed a great wife, right? Someone that loved them, someone that supported them. For women to be happy, even if they had a great husband and all that, that wasn't enough. They needed other women. They needed healthy female friendships. And so that's how important it is to surround yourself with women and women that obviously support you, that believe in you and be that person for somebody else. But it's totally different. And I am so blessed to know all the amazing women that I know now and that I have friends now, right? Um, Absolutely. I'll even go far to say is like, this also could apply to like feminine, masculine energy. Doesn't yes. necessarily need to be like women, like biologically right. or men exactly. biologically. Yes. But it's about this balance between there are some feminine qualities that make for very, very good business owners, and there are some masculine qualities that make for very good business owners, and and the vice versa is true as well. I know inclusivity and diversity are hugely important to femex. Talk to us a little bit about that. Whether it's like orientation, background, culture, how do all those things kind of mesh together in your space? Everybody's welcome. So when I started my brand, it was called Femme. And I partly changed it because I hated that then everything started popping up with Femme. And I'm like, okay, I want to be more unique than that. But also we added the X too, because it, it gives that element of like anyone, right? Like however you identify. We started with a lot of Latinas and then like we just started attracting other minorities and even white women, right? Like we, I gotta say, you know, while white women have also been very supportive of my business. So I, I literally love everyone. Like we are so welcoming to everyone. And, and so that I think Femex kind of, it gives that, you know, it kind of implies like everyone is welcome. Like the ex is like anyone, right? And so we have been really blessed to have that diversity because I have learned so much from other women, from their stories. Uh, you know, we were when we were hosting events pre-COVID and all that, uh, you know, I brought women. I would bring a lot of diversity to my panels always like everybody looked different. And that always just even though I was the event organizer, I remember I would sit there and learn. And I, I genuinely learned from these people and I genuinely would cry and laugh. And, you know, there's so much that we can learn from each other and each other's experiences. And so we really are all about inclusivity. A lot of people think that it's just women and it is a feminine space, like you said, because I wanted that energy because we don't have it everywhere we go. And also to your point, there are many times when I use my masculine energy, right? There were many times when I had to use my masculine energy to negotiate a contract, to talk to the contractors, to, you know, to just things that I learned in corporate, right? Like just being straight to the point, like little things like that. So it's really important to just know that it's useful to embrace both. I just felt like there was a lack for places that also embrace female. Like when you're in corporate, it's all male, 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 right? And totally. so it's not that that's bad. It's just like, how can we also embrace the feminine, embrace who we are? The part of me that was resilient and that kept going and that was a big dreamer and that didn't listen to anybody, that was my feminine. You know, that was me as a woman saying, I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to show everyone no matter what they say. And so it's beautiful to embrace both. And know when to like use them, I guess, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it comes and goes in waves, just like creativity. Like I know you're on the brand brand strategy and brand design side as well. Is like you can't turn creativity like on and off like a switch, right? Like you can't be like, oh, I'm going to be super creative today and tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month. Like it doesn't work like that. Nope. <laughs> and I think that kind of going with that flow, but same for masculine feminine energy, I think, as far as like, like you're saying, like making negotiations, holding your ground, being firm, like being 
being confident, being brave, being like taking risks. Those we usually attribute to to masculine traits, but I would say that those are just as much feminine as yeah, they are masculine. They are, they are, but we just don't because we want to make it binary, but it really is. And I think humans, we all have resiliency, you know, when you look at our history, right? So I think these are human traits, but we just attribute them to, you know, different genders or whatnot. Um, but ultimately, really, it's, it's us as human beings. Like for me, I'm an immigrant, you know, my mom literally left her country and brought us here as a single mom, a poor single mom. She, I don't know how she made it happen, like coming up with the money and whatnot. And so I see that example and I'm like, well, moving to, when I came time to move to San Diego, because this was my dream city, it was like, well, my mom moved a whole continent away almost, right? Like the opposite end of the continent, because Argentina is like in the most Southern country in here in the continent. And so if she can do that, I can do, I can move to San Diego, right? So it's, it's things that we learn. And I think they are human attributes, you know, and just overcoming fear. I always talk about overcoming fear. The things that make you scared are usually the things that you're supposed to do. They're supposed to be scary. And these are kind of like signs. These are things like, well, why is this so challenging? Why am I attracted to this? Why do I want to start this business? Why do I want to quit this job? Like, why do I want to go travel the world? Why do I want to throw everything away, right? Like some people are like, why do you want to throw your career away when I was going to leave my corporate job? They're like, and also there's the expectations that we have, right? Like people were like, you know, you're lucky to have this job because they're thinking you're Latina, you're an immigrant. Like, look at the job you have. I, I was a corporate executive in my 20s. Like, I was getting paid money that my family would have never dreamed of in our country. And so I had people telling me that. And maybe for you, it's something else that people question you for, right? But um, this is where I got, like, I didn't care. I had my mom as a role model in that sense of, like, just being brave and just taking off. And, you know, now we can help our family in Argentina, right? But those people were telling her she was crazy when she was moving here. And the same people that told me I was crazy when I was quitting that job are now messaging me and asking me, like, how can I start my own business? I've had mm -hmm. uh, former coworkers message me that. Like, I mm -hmm. see that you started your business. I think that you're doing well. How can I do it myself? Like, how did you do it? And so just don't let anybody tell you you can't. And use take advantage of those desires of those even fears to your advantage. Absolutely. And every time that you face that hurdle, you're going to be more equipped to handle it the next time. We talked about this on Instagram, where you know you being told no by a contractor or a builder or an electrician or somebody who is coming to help you with the space gave you more negotiating power, more balls, really, yes. <laughs> to be able to face yes. the next one. I see this with like client work all the time. It's like I took on a project where I didn't set clear boundaries, and then that project went sideways, and then you have to let go of that project. It's like, well, how are we going to set ourselves up for success next time? And this is something I work with my team on all the time. It's like, what did we like about this project and what did we not like? And how can we take what we didn't like and actually be specific about that so that we can, you know, protect ourselves moving yeah. forward and like set the client up for success and ourselves up for success because it's communicated. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that happens a lot with entrepreneurship? You're meeting entrepreneurs all the time who come and work from your space. What are some of the coolest like transformations or like stories of people that have come through FemX and like had success? that you can, I'm not to totally put you on the spot. I'm sure there's a bajillion, but if there's one that stands out to you is like this person came in as an underdog and now they're killing it. I'll tell you the most moving to me. The most moving to me was this woman that she didn't even seek out. So she was a Mexican immigrant. She was a cleaner. She didn't even seek out anything. It was one of her clients. So someone that she cleans the house for that had come to Femex and she loved what we do. And so she 
said, hey, my cleaner is really badass. She's super hardworking. I love her. Like, I would hire her because she works for a company, right, the cleaner. And obviously, they don't pay them well whatsoever. They don't, they don't get paid well by the company. So she's like, I want her to work directly with me. And I have so many people that would be her clients too. But she's so scared. She doesn't think she can do it. She doesn't think she knows how and this and that. And she told me that. I said, by all means, give her my phone number. Tell her to contact me, this and that. Almost a whole year went by. And I even followed up a couple times with her. I'm not going to say every day, but I followed up a couple times. She's like, I told her to call you. I don't know why she's not calling you. So almost a year went by and this lady never contacted me. And I told her I would help her for free because it is part of our mission. Something people don't realize is everything that we do, 10% always goes to some female empowerment, whether it's donating tickets you know, to women that can't pay for a ticket to one of our events or me donating some time for a consultation or whatever it may be. And so um, finally she contacts me and I was about to start my mastermind at that time. And, you know, masterminds are expensive. And so I knew that she wasn't necessarily going to be able to afford it. But I was like, hey, I, at the time I didn't have the time to help her one on one. But I said, come to the mastermind. Don't worry about the cost, nothing like it's paid for. And there were so many hurdles with her because she just simply did not believe in herself like she had so many clients because she would tell me the client stories all her clients would say to her if you leave the company we'll hire you directly we'll pay you while we're paying the company because they're paying the company a lot more with cleaning companies they pay the company i don't know let's pretend like right percentages forty dollars an hour right? yeah right. and then they pay the cleaner the company pays the cleaner like 15 dollars an hour you know and so they were like, we'll pay you the same, but directly. So she literally had a business that was proved, right? That was like, okay, you have the customers. Yeah, you, you have, have the proof of concept. You have experience. Yeah, they, yeah, you have it all. And she still was so scared. And I think the number one thing that I see in people, it's not that you're not able to do it, that you don't have the skills, that you don't have the know-how, that you don't even have the money. It's not even the money. It's, it's fear. Fear is mm -hmm. the number one paralyzer. And it took a long time. For me, I helped her the most with the mindset. Even though the, the mastermind was about strategy and coming up with your business plan and how to make more money and this and that, I think the most helpful thing was getting her to the spot to where she could actually start because she had the know-how. She knew the industry. She had been doing this for 15 years. So she knew it better than I. Better than I could tell her, this is what you need to offer. This is how much you need to charge. She knew that stuff. Mm -hmm. literally knew all that stuff she had the context she had everything all she needed is the push and so at the, towards the end of the mastermind this is how long it took it wasn't even in the beginning or the middle everybody else was like implementing right away every week we had check-ins and all that for her it wasn't until the end of it that she was like okay I'm ready to do it so her homework every time was literally just getting over her mindset talking to her husband you know talking to her kids about it like, it's crazy. And, um, you know, now she's she started it, you know. Um, and to me, it's a mindset. And, and also someone to believe in you, right? Because obviously her husband was like, no, you can't do that. We don't have money. You know, like it matters, especially when you're an immigrant. The mindset and the things that you're told are, even if they're well-intentioned, and, and maybe not, not even as an immigrant, but you'll have people that are well-intentioned and they'll give you advice, but it'll be based on their fear. So they think they're helping you because they're telling you not, don't do that, you're going to be broke or something. But they mean well, they want to help you, but it's based on their limiting beliefs. It's based on their fears. And so you need somebody that's going to be like, oh, I believe you can do it. 
you you can do this you got this you're not alone you're talented enough or you know you can figure figure it out and i think that's we really all need that we need the representation it's different that i told her that that if like tony robbins had told her that right because tony robbins never lived mm -hmm. the things that she had to live right but I can tell her like, hey, I was an immigrant and look at me, you know, and obviously I had more opportunities than she did because I came here when I was younger and I went to college and, you know, whatnot. But um, the more representation that we can find, the more role models, people locally or people that, you you know, mentors, I think are so important and find mentors that have done the things that you want to do. Find mentors that can relate to your background because, you know, it's never one size fits all advice. Never, never, never. And that's where community who... is so important too. Mm -hmm. It's like when yeah. you can find people that support you and believe in you, what is number one, but also that like look like you and talk like you and have a cultural background similar to yours. Like you can understand and support each other on such a different level. Yeah. I'm really interested though, because I had a great conversation on another podcast called The More in Common Pod. And we were talking about like the girl boss stereotype and whether mm -hmm. it's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. And my approach was like, you know what? I think it's one of these words that like I've inherently benefited from, but also probably isn't the healthiest for society. <laughs> I was like, when you think girl boss, unfortunately, like up on till this point, girl boss has meant like blonde business Barbie and like very singular and like hasn't been all that inclusive over the course of history. But then too, like your ownership of girl boss and being a female entrepreneur should represent a larger spectrum of different people from all different backgrounds. So I'm curious what you think of this word girl boss, because it can be very polarizing and how you kind of approach that in, in your space and with your business. Well, in the Latina world, now people are saying jefa, jefa moves, like which means boss moves or whatever. So I think like we have somehow been able to grab that word, that term and make it ours. But at the same time, I do agree with you that you know, it has been polarizing, even when you look at feminism, because I became really passionate about female empowerment, because I, we went through a, in corporate world, we went through sexual harassment from the CEO, which was extremely hard, because you can't, we couldn't touch him. Nobody was like, keeping him accountable for anything. And that's one of the reasons I left, but I became super passionate about female empowerment. And that was naive, because it was new to me, that world was completely new when I moved to San Diego. So I would use the term a lot. And then I realized, like, well, nobody can empower anyone. Like, I can't empower you, right? Like, we mm -hmm. have to self-empower. And so there are so many terms that I think, you know, as we evolve, we learn and, and we, we can use better terms. But at the same time, I've got to give them credit because for better or for worse, like, at that time, it made sense. For better or for worse, some women, a lot of women have been empowered by thinking it's okay to be the boss. It's okay to be bossy when, like, for decades and hundreds of years we've been told like don't be bossy and be humble and be meek and be quiet and so i think you know i do give some credit to it and i think also we've learned and evolved and now we're getting better and we're being more inclusive and and i've seen the feminist movement also become more inclusive over the last couple of years um and and you gotta understand too like the history of feminism you know when it started it was about basic rights like voting right like it wasn't yeah. necessarily about like, being able to open a bank account right right <laughs> like, so all this stuff that we take for granted yeah yeah and you know and, and that was really important right so before we could become the people that now we care about uh intersectional feminism and, and mm -hmm. we have the time to look into the issues of minorities we kind of needed to be able to vote right we kind of needed to be able to do this thing so 
there's some credit. I give credit. I, I try to look at the good and everything and, and mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot that we can learn. And sometimes I do hear from feminists that completely ignore, like that are tone deaf and completely ignore the issues of like immigrant women or black women, you know, and like I do get annoyed or, or whatnot. But then I also try to think like, okay, you know, this person doesn't have that perspective. And I think especially now people are, are at least trying to educate themselves and they care and like you even asking the question. So I think we're doing better too. And yeah, I think it's a continuous dialogue. And I, I didn't mean to like throw the baby out with the bathwater either. But I, I think like girl boss specifically has kind of been a word that was like, I was so gung-ho for in 2017. I was like, yeah, I'm a girl boss. Like, yeah. I'm going to wear a pink blazer and yeah. sparkles because I can. Like, And that felt so, like, ooh, like, mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. But again, like, to the point of not having to to feel like I need to call out, like, right. my minority business clients for being minority because it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't feel that I should have to be like, ooh, look at this woman and what she can do. Like, just look at this person. Like, yeah. they're doing great things. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. Male, female, exactly. gay, yeah. straight, bi, trans. Like, that should really, in my world, it shouldn't matter because it would be an equal playing field. That's when um, we have reached equality. When when I'm not on a magazine because I'm a woman or a Latina, but I'm on the magazine because of my talent, right? And that's what really matters. As a human being, I'm being recognized 100% for who I am. And part of that is being a woman, part of that is being Latina, but that's not all of me. I do agree with that. And I think that's when we'll see the difference. But for a time, I also think it was necessary to bring it up, right? And to use those terms and to kind of like get us to that next level. Absolutely. But now I totally agree with you and I kind of do want to move on from that. And like, I always say, like, I don't just want to be like a badass Latina entrepreneur. I want to be like just a badass entrepreneur because I am right. And I want to be seen for that. And I want to be on the list, right, right. on the magazine, on the list of like 10 top 10 Latina or not Latina entrepreneurs instead of like just being on the Latina list. Right. And so I think that's really important. Latina it, list. Right. Yeah. It's the segmentation yeah. that calls more attention to the otherness. Like in my mind, like. I feel like we can get to a point where, and I think it's really the responsibility of of white women and white people to not only hold space, but to listen, because like we've had plenty of time, like we need to hold space and we need to listen and we need to be able to take in and observe as much as possible because you do bring a unique perspective that I've never lived. And just like anybody else that walks through the doors of FemX, everybody has a totally different, unique experience that like I can learn from and we and they can learn from me and vice versa. But I think what you're talking about and what I'm talking about, we kind of have the same idea for this like utopia, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. like, let's actually look at people for like the quality of their skill and like what they bring to the table and their story and not so much their like adjectives or their qualifiers. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. I think it's such an interesting conversation and I'm I'm so happy that you have FemX and that you're able to talk about all these things because these are such juicy topics and something that I'm really interested in, truly. Thank you. Of course. So if somebody wants to come check out this space, Femex offers loads of stuff. I record the podcast there about once a month, two times a month um, in the podcast room, which has been incredible to come use and like batch record podcast episodes. So I'm so thankful for that. But you've got a lot of other stuff going on. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we rent it for events. We rent it for a production. So like film shoots, photo shoots. The co-working is on hold right now because of the kind of like the economy that we're in right now. But yeah, we do all kinds of creative stuff. We've had like poetry nights. We've had yoga. Like we've had women's circles. Like we've had all kinds of things. We welcome everybody. We welcome and encourage diversity. 
and yeah it's just been i i call it a creative hub really because that's what it is and it's just we create a space for people to do what they want to do what they want to bring to life uh, whether that is a wedding or whether that is just like a paint night you know we just had a paint night last weekend so it's a lot of fun and i get to like participate in a lot of these things at times and it's uh, a lot of fun and i meet people that i would never meet otherwise that's got to be the coolest part mm-hmm. is like the ability to bring people together. Yeah. That's something I'm, I love about what I do. And I've, I've got to imagine you love that part of it as well. If someone wants to work with you directly, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I know you said mastermind earlier in the episode, yeah. you've got other kinds of consulting packages and such. So how can somebody get in contact with you? Yeah. So I'm not at the time doing any one-on-one or consulting, but I do offer a mastermind retreat. It's going to be at the end of the summer and it's going to be in Mexico unless something else crazy happens like the water shut down or something and then it'll be in San Diego but it's a great time to really come together meet other women that are doing big things working in your business masterminding together and also having some a good time so that's what I'm doing and also I'm you know I'm always kind of helping business, local business owners I'm always happy to help but right now I'm uh, remodeling a restaurant a local restaurant you know I just consider myself a creative and I never want to put myself in a box so I tell people like if there's anything I can help you with that's creative, that's strategic, I'm here. You know, let's talk. Or if you have like an idea for an event or something, so I'm always happy to do that. But um, the, the way to work with me directly, as I guess, to grow your business is through the retreat. Uh, that's the only thing I'm offering this year, as far as um, like a mastermind. And they can find it at Jessica Medina. Perfect. And don't forget to follow you. Where can everyone follow you? Yeah. So for Femex Quarters is femexquarters.com and then jessimedina.com or you can find me on Instagram at jessimedinaofficial. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for everything. I had so much fun talking to you and I feel like I'm definitely going to have you back on because we had such such good stuff to talk about and important stuff as well. Um, so be sure you check out Femex, Femex Quarters on Instagram, Jesse Medina Official on Instagram and then come check out the space if you're in San Diego. Perfect. Thank you. Best with everyone. I think that's it. Thanks, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to come on over to the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, same name as the podcast. And lastly, if you're looking for those resources, links, or anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can find those on my website, mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Catch you next time.